0: Hello, Wanderers, and welcome to part two of our season four finale. We're still playing Wanderhome, and Wanderhome is still on Kickstarter. Look at that wall scroll. Look at that wall scroll. Tell me you don't want to throw money at that project. To recap from last time, Cullen, a caretaker who's a hamster, Stella, a moth tender who is a bat, Harold, a ragamuffin who is a heron, and Mervyn, a shepherd who is a turtle, are traveling to Sweater Island to attend a Bombi conference. As a reminder, this was recorded in June using an alpha version of the game, so we do things a little differently. Things like calling them Bombies, for example. Now, let's get on with the game. Why don't we start by uh, having all of us arriving at the island? Uh, how are we traveling there? By, by boat? By, like, land bridge?
1: I, I feel like we were kind of maybe crammed into a car and took a ferry. Mm. I, I get the feeling that the four of us, as discussed maybe in the previous episode, we we're all kind of met via a love of Percy and Rambles, uh, that maybe we're not, we all don't have necessarily the means to book uh, individual passage, so we're all just cramming into whichever car we have, mm. uh, taking a ferry, and uh, boarding up at a the cheapest hotel possible.
2: I guess my whole thought is just gonna ride below deck.
1: Yeah how do you how do you normally travel
0: with your Bombies or or is this your first time coming to this convention?
2: I think this is my first time coming to this convention. I don't remember another time. I mean, usually we walk everywhere, but can't walk across water, so.
1: I want to say maybe the the townsfolk were so behind us that uh, they and especially your bombies that they uh, all pitched in to get some sort of trailer mm-hmm. so we could uh, get your bombies out uh, via car to the uh, to the ferry. There might be an
0: equivalent of like a hotel shuttle. Like a lot of people are kind of going to this convention, so they're expecting herds of bombies. So mm-hmm. maybe they set up these ferries so like for the the bombies can kind of stay out on deck in the open air unless like the sight of water terrifies them then they can go below deck
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, i think they'd rather be in the fresh air bombies don't cotton well to to being closed up inside in my experience
0: yeah so we're all on the ferry why do we we go around do sort of like character uh, introduction, narration, physical description, what you're doing stuff.
1: Danny, do you want to start us off as kind of the the example? Sure, uh,
0: I can I can start us off. So Cullen has positioned himself near the uh, the front of the boat, looking out over the sea as the the island slowly grows closer. His uh, brown cloak is kind of fluttering behind him in the breeze. And he's just sort of idly shuffling his Oracle deck, occasionally like pulling out a, a random card, seemingly random, at least, but it it always turns out to be Guile, the breeze god, he kind of like pulls it out, uh, flips it around between his fingers a bit and uh, offers a, a brief prayer as the uh, the sea air washes over his face. He chose the front of the boat because it's kind of the uh, the most peaceful part. Like he's not like necessarily avoiding talking to his like any of the other travelers or their numerous bombies, but he he likes to take uh, quiet moments from time to time to like for himself and the uh, the many gods he's traveling with to. See if any of them have anything to say.
2: Mervin the turtle, is just slowly uh, walking around through the bombies, touching them all on the back. And, you all right? We'll be there soon. He's uh, He's got his uh, thick plaid coat on, smoking his pipe. Uh, sometimes the sun seems a little high overhead, a little hot. If the cloud's not going past, so he dips his head back into his shell. And chills out a minute. And he's just walking around, and he goes, good, Bombie. We'll be there soon. Don't you worry not about it. You're the you're all good, Bombie. This is going to be a good time for all of us.
3: Uh, Stella's in a hold where there's uh just the most amount of people all packed in, and she's going from person to person and being like, you need to send a letter? Uh, hey, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, from the mail, uh, Moth Tender Carrier Service, and I've got my Proper moth tended uniform, I'm going into the uh, convention. I just want to make sure I'm prim and proper and showing off the right uniform. I just recently brushed it down. It's uh, you know impeccable. Uh, straight lines and everything. But, yeah, I'm just going from uh, person-to-person passenger to passenger and being like, you need to send a letter. What do you need to send it to? And I'm just taking down their notes and what they need to send it to. Uh, so I, after I've talked to pretty much everybody in the whole, there's a lot of people there. But I make sure I get to everybody. Uh, I go uh, down to cargo to where my... Uh, my my carrier moths are uh and uh you know i i take the letters and i uh and uh make sure all letters get to the right moths and then go up and release them and it's my favorite part of my job uh it's the most beautiful thing ever Uh, when i release them out they just burst out into the sky like a big old cloud you get a fluttering of their wings and then as each of them go in their separate directions in the sky you just look up and just admire and wish them a safe and wonderful journey as they carry out the words of loved ones to other loved ones. And gosh, it's just, it's just real beautiful.
1: So uh, Harold is uh, kind of thriving on this new attention from all these different kinds of people and is trying way too hard uh, to make terrible jokes to get their attention. Uh, he, he's, making, uh, he's making conversation with the various Bombies. Uh, and not necessarily, uh, you know, acknowledging their owners, but just kind of going up and like talking to them in terrible accents and uh, just trying to do anything to get a chuckle out of these new strangers. Uh, lots of uh, fake falls and tumbles and rolls uh, with his uh, his umbrella. Um, he's bobbing around, being a heron, being goofy. Uh, and he's getting attention for all the wrong reasons. Uh, but it, in some ways, because uh, this is a fairy trip, it's... It's taken a little while. It might be a welcome distraction for some people.
0: I think this might be a good opportunity to uh, create a, a recurring NPC of some kind, like someone else who is going to one of the the events happening on this island.
1: I, I'm thinking maybe something like a stereotypical anime rival, like, like a, a, a red to your blue in your classic Pokemon game. Uh, someone who's kind of snotty and has a, I will be the best no matter what attitude and is a little two dimensional, but still, uh, a a fun, uh, foil
0: arrival, uh, Bombie herder.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: Yeah. Let's go through the meeting someone process. Yeah. Let's start with their name and some pronouns.
1: Hmm. Argus.
0: Yeah. What's Argus's pronouns?
1: I don't want to make an enemy necessarily of of uh, people with they them pronouns. I feel like that's calling mm-hmm. falling into some very nineteen seventies habits. So uh mm-hmm. let's just flat up call the bad guy a, a, a guy, a dude, a he.
0: What uh what animal form are they?
1: Long horned
0: sheep. <laughs> mm. That that works as a good like visual contrast to uh to Mervin, because you've got someone like soft and fluffy to someone uh like hard-shelled.
3: Mm-hmm. Those square sheep eyes, or whatever you call the slitch, the flat slit. Oh, they're yeah. just very antagonistic.
0: Goats have Satan's eyeballs. <laughs> okay. This is kind of like a punk sheep. Like kind of like uh, eco punk.
1: Oh yes, he's
0: got like a mohawk and like very grungy looking, well worn clothing in like black with uh, like band patches.
1: I'm thinking Portland farm punk. Yeah, farm Mm -hmm. punk. Mm -hmm. I like the mohawk, Mm -hmm. uh, especially on a on a longhorn sheep, Mm -hmm. uh, but also flannel uh, with maybe a, a, a denim vest over it.
0: Okay, uh, relationship. Okay, so one of my kind of favorite tropes is like one sided rivalries, <laughs> where like he thinks he's Mervyn's rival, but Mervyn's like, no, that's either like my good friend or I literally just met you today, probably.
1: Yeah <laughs> Mervyn, how do you feel about uh, rivals in the field? Are there any that are known to you or do you, do you just kind of keep to yourself in this world? Like what's how do you feel in terms of competition?
2: Well, I pretty much keep to myself and I assume that rivals well someone puts up a better bombie show and, than the other, then well, that person deserves to win the Sweater Island trophy. Doesn't mean anything in the long term. We're all out here doing what we need to be doing, and I don't... Have I met you
1: before?
0: No, I've been following you from town to town, trying to to show you up in the realm of bombi bombying.
1: I'm thinking Argus needs to sound brattier, almost. Something along the lines of, How dare you not get our rivalry?
3: All right, that's it. Eddie <laughs> is voicing Argus. Eddie is the voice of Argus. That is fucking yeah. perfect.
0: <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't need to hold auditions. This is all for only. I
3: did a good voice. No. <laughs> God damn it. That was a nail on the head.
0: Yeah. For traits, I'm thinking uh so two things they always are. Um either like confident or
1: direct. Oh, confident. A hundred percent. Uh passionate
3: would be one of their characteristics. Practice Something you believe in, which is bombie hurting.
0: I'm guessing. I like that. Also, I randomly rolled proper. Mm-hmm. That could be the trait that they never are because they yeah because they're the, punk. The, the, the the punk bombie. Yeah, her.
1: but he, I think he still comes from money. But he's trying to. He's like a total poser. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna
3: rock the bombiest competition world. with my, my innovation, my
1: bombies are the best. Yeah,
0: perfect. Hate it. I yeah. hate this person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In in the way of like a sympathetic antagonist who's like eventually, clearly eventually going to join the party. Yeah. Like their heart is in the right place. They just need to be taught a lesson about friendship.
1: Yeah. I love that. I care about these bombies and no one else can care about them as mm-hmm. much as I can. Mm-hmm. They're great. Better than any people are. It's cool. perfect. Those are perfect catch catchphrases.
0: Yeah, let's do a uh quick interaction. Uh, between Argus and Mervin. Like, not not to set the scene too much for either of you, but I feel like he's definitely going to approach you on
1: this ferry. Uh, Argus is sweaty about it, uh, and Mm. it's kind of glistening, but he's, he's trying to put on that tough front, and he's been rehearsing this introduction in the mirror for the past two hours.
2: Mervin's got his eyes half closed, and he's kind of rocking back and forth on the edge of his shell, sort of hanging out.
1: Well, 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 if it isn't Mervyn. Number one in the regional all bobby competition. Number two in the freshest fur competition. And I start reading off other accolades, like I just have been studying your Wikipedia nonstop.
2: Oh, well, hello there, young fellow.
1: Oh, how dismissive of you. Don't you know who I am?
2: Oh, uh, my memory's not so good these days. Would you mind reminding me?
1: Of course it's not, you old-timer. Not as sharp as the new generation coming in to take your place. I'm Argus, and I'm the one who's going to sweep the competition this year. Oh, well, that would be exciting. Don't try to get in my head with your sarcasm.
2: Young sir, I I have not a sarcastic bone in my body.
1: Oh, okay, more sarcasm. You're just made of sarcasm, aren't you, huh? Well, I'll show you when it's time. I, ah, I'll come up with another insult later. I stomp off.
2: What an interesting fellow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Argus, Argus only has a certain amount of fight in him. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's ready for people to come back at him. He's not used to somebody being completely ambivalent.
2: Mervyn's just like, huh, I, I met a fellow bombie herder today. That was nice.
0: <laughs> Unless anyone has any more ship business, I think we can arrive on the island
1: I'm going to say at some point, Harold takes a, a tumble over, uh, overboard, but nobody actually notices. And so now he's just kind of clinging uh, to the, the ladder on the side of the ship, soaking wet.
2: Do you want nobody to notice or do you want me to notice and take care of it in my good old slow time?
1: I want to say maybe you notice, but it's by the time you get to me, we've already docked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> the effort was the effort was there, but the timing was off. Yeah.
2: Glad you made it ashore safe, youngin.
1: No, oh, oh so oh so you saw. You saw what'd you think? Did you laugh? I'm pretty sure I heard you laugh.
2: You probably do less cavorting
1: on on dangerous sea voyages. <laughs> cavorting, you're a trip, buddy. Uh
0: I think as everyone gets off of the boat, there are uh Bombicon. Does that, mm-hmm. does that sound fine? Bombicon? Well, we
3: Bombicon.
0: Yeah, there are uh, Bombicon officials uh, out front ready to uh, help herd uh, bombies into their uh, designated pens and help guide people to the hotels that might have vacancies if they don't already have reservations. I, th- I feel like it's the case that we don't have reservations. This was kind of a, a spur of the moment thing.
1: Oh well, we couldn't. We definitely couldn't afford. We could barely afford gas as a group, and the uh-huh. ferry tickets, So the idea of us being able to afford a hotel room in advance is probably yeah. a little laughable. So yeah, I definitely think we're trying to drive around and finding like that hotel. I, I don't know if it listed it in the in the the book, but just kind of the equivalent of a pest animal or a cockroach is just swarming all over these rooms.
0: The equivalent of like. It's a bed for the night. You you don't intend to spend that much time here. All you really need is the bed, so here you go.
1: Oh, yeah, and I, we've got one bed, maybe, for the four of us. And mm. so it's a lot of sprawling out on, like, luggage racks, but God forbid anyone actually try to sleep on the floor.
3: I think I could just hang from the ceiling. I think that's just the thing I do. I got this this, uh, this inverted sleeping bag. It's uh <laughs> good for bats. Yeah. because uh, I've got this weird kind of narcolepsy. If my, my head isn't below my the rest of my body, I kind of just like, oh, it's real weird. I snore real bad. So uh yeah, I got this really special sleeping bag. I just hang it right here from the rafters from the ceiling. I, I think I can carry my weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine, it's fine. Look, i I'm jumping up and down. It's fine. Yeah, and I'll just dangle upside down, upside down. And uh then I it clears my airway, passages, and I sleep a okay.
1: Uh, what's the name of the uh, cheap hotel we're staying in? The Roach
0: Motel.
2: The Roach Motel. <laughs> Motel.
0: Big six-armed roach in suspenders with, like, two sets of straps to go over each of the, the arms. He's always, like, rubbing his bottom set of hands together. It's like, yeah, I got rooms for you.
1: <laughs> and by rooms, I mean room. Because it's roaches, like, his his family is just constantly crawling over the rooms in the dark. Mm.
3: well i don't think it's like an actual roach i think the roach is like the mascot like somehow we have animal like in our world we have animals as mascots
1: yeah that makes sense but i i I still like the idea of giant cockroaches just kind of swarming over the room oh
0: yeah um what if the roaches are the equivalent of like brownies and pixies they're like mythical household spirits like (laughs) you leave some crumbs out for the roaches and they'll come clean your room
1: yeah. Oh my god, I love that. I yeah. I fucking love
3: that. I, I heard that I heard that roaches, they can't ever die. I mean like they they can squeeze their head down like real real thin, like a piece of paper or something like that. And then I heard that, you know, if you if it's something, something like a nuclear explosion or something like that happens to them, they won't die.
0: I have heard that if you if you leave the room in the dark, they will perform their many cleaning duties, but once you turn the light on, they scatter into corners and under things. Truly mysterious and mystical creatures.
1: I'm gonna do it this time, I swear. I know we've been on trips before, but I will catch a roach this time. You all doubted me in the past, but I I can do it. I believe I can.
3: Yeah, catch a roach, it'll it'll lead you to the garbage pile at the end of a rainbow, you know.
1: (gasps) Yeah, that's kind of what I'm trying to get to.
3: Yeah, that's a thing my mother told me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, tons of stories about them roaches.
0: I just sort of like... Tilt my head to the side a bit, and If you believe that you will catch a roach, I I have faith that you will.
1: Oh, as as you're saying that, I, I just kinda say, uh-huh, and I've got my suitcase just completely emptied out and propped up on a stick with a piece of uh dental floss tied to it. As if I'm going to wait in the dark and catch it and wait for some sort of bell to go off and be pulled a stick to catch a roach. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's what I'm doing as you're as you're saying that so I'm, I'm guessing we're all kind of settled in in the hotel.
0: I'm going to power game a little bit and do a move to get a token. Mhm. Um i think i'm going to take a moment to bask in the grandeur of the world and describe it to the table for all of the kind of one down and uh perpetually filthy nature of the roach motel. It's actually in a fairly good location. And the uh, other room that we're in has a roof access nearby. So I take a a moment to kind of like slip out and like climb up the ladder to the roof and lean back up against the wall and kind of survey the city. The sun is setting and the buildings on this place aren't very tall which means there isn't really anything to like obscure the skyline and from this location everything is just sort of vast and and endlessly blue like whether you're looking up at the sky or down at the sea it's very calming the bombies have mostly been herded to their their various locations so there isn't much noise going on so it, it's just a, a nice moment to, to take in everything that, uh, like, physically the city has to offer.
1: Aw, oh, that sounds absolutely wholesome and adorable.
0: I don't I don't necessarily think I tell you where I'm going. Like, it's just kind of expected at this point that I will kind of wander off sometimes. And, you know, we'll come back later looking mildly more peaceful than I left.
2: Mervyn would... Uh, sit down in a corner of the room kind of missing his flock and sort of remember the, the small gods for a second grab a, little, a couple sprinkles a couple crumbs of uh, Bombi cheese out of his pocket and sprinkle them on the floor um, to try to get a, a roach to come out and if one does just sort of like a cut it quietly, uh, on its glossy back, and sit back and relax. Hey,
3: Mervyn. Mervyn. Uh, I got a letter for you. What? You ever a letter? Oh, weirdest thing. I was, uh, uh, up in the ferry, you know, talking to all those people and stuff like that, taking in their letters, and just so happens one of them is addressed to Mervyn the Turtle. And this is where you
2: used to live, right? If you weren't traveling. I've been traveling a long time, but that that's my name right there. Yeah, sure. There you go. I'll open it up and I'll pull it out. What does it say?
3: Uh, it's a letter from a distant cousin uh, telling you how uh, when they visited your farm, when they were really little, uh, they had a real positive influence learning about the Bombies, um, and it kind of fostered a, you know, interest in Bombies, but they had to go back to the city. Um, so they, they haven't, you know, they don't have the space to tend to them. But they took up knitting uh, as a hobby. And they always made sure to try to buy Bombi wool that was near where you, you know, with the region where you where you grew it and stuff like that. And hoping to make a sweater or something that's from wool grown from the uh, Bombi as you tended. And they're writing to you because uh, they've saved up enough money to sell their knitted stuff, caps, and scarves at a Bombi festival, and they just wanted to say that you were the impetus to this journey, and they wanted to
2: thank you. Well, isn't that nice? Uh, somebody likes the bombies just as much as I do. That is a, that is a nice thing. I, I do so enjoy that, the young folk. But is there a name signed at the bottom?
3: Uh, Isabella. She's a painted shell turtle, I guess.
2: Oh, but I should write a response, I guess. Oh,
3: sure, I'll take your letter. I'll be able to find her in a convention or, or one of my, my carrier moths will be able to find her. No problem. Do you want to dictate it to me? I can write it down for you.
2: I would greatly appreciate that. These old these old claws don't hold a pen quite like they used to.
3: Lovely. Well, part of the moth tender service uh, is dictating, uh, writing dictated letters.
2: Here is a go. I'm glad you took such great interest in the bombies. They are a beautiful creature. And I hope that in the future you will continue following your dreams and continue your love of the small and quiet things. Yours truly Marvel.
3: Lovely letter. I fold it up and, and seal it. Uh... Yep, I'll uh, give it to her in a convention. Or, uh, yeah, just uh, pop it off and carry her mouth. But you should look for her uh, when, when we go out and, and go around the, the stalls. What was her name again? Uh, it seemed like it was Isabella. I'll help you remember, if that's uh, something you want me to remind you about.
2: That would be. That
1: would be not. Nice.
0: Uh, anybody got anything else?
1: No, I'm just waiting in the dark for a cockroach.
0: I think at uh, some point, you fall asleep, like, waiting, ready to spring your trap. And when you wake up, there is a small, like, uh, greenish piece of sea glass underneath your suitcase. String is still there. It's all still propped up. It's like something slipped in and left a little something there for you.
1: I'm going to look around and and kind of observe the room before very carefully and swiftly reaching my hand under my own trap, just in case someone else has compromised it, and swiftly take the sea glass. Kind of hold it up to the light and start inspecting it.
0: Yeah, it looks like fairly normal sea glass. Small, rounded edges, translucent
1: green. Huh, shiny. don't think this has thrown me off your path yet. I'll see one of you to be hilarious. I've made fun of all the different bugs, and making fun of a cockroach—well, no, no one else has done that yet. Got, I've got jokes ready, but I need one of you to do it to your face. But I, I, I fold my suitcase, wrap up, kind of satisfied that there's something out there.
0: It's proof of something, to be sure.
1: We, we got a big next day ahead of us. Next couple of days, but focusing mostly on the big next day. So, day one of the con.
0: Yeah, why don't we uh, each take turn describe, like, some kind of feature or aspect about this con or where it's being held. I'm gonna say that the island relaxes its laws about uh, livestock around this time. Like, everybody just lets their bombies run free range. The bombies are still wearing kind of collars and things to help identify them, but there's a lot of kind of, like, dog park atmosphere where bombies will just kind of like waddle up to each other and like bump uh, antennae. I I don't have a great picture of what bombies look like, I'm going to be honest with you. It still sounds adorable. Yeah, they'll they'll like intertwine antennae. And like, if they kind of seem to be hitting it off, that's how owners can kind of like start up conversations too, while the bombies kind of like interact and like check each other out.
2: Is this how Bombi interbreeding occurs as well?
0: I think like it's the first step in that. Like there's a kind of courtship process with bombies. Like they they don't just hop into it. Like bombies generally meet each other two to three times before they like mate with each other.
2: Do they mate for life or do they
0: Hmm? I think that's certainly like an option you can kind of tell afterwards whether it was like a, a bombie fling or if they're really a bonded pair and like at that point you just it's up to the the herders to decide all right are are you you going to take them or or am i
2: right good cuz bombie herds can get very insular you'd want bombies to have outside and you want to give them you know choice in their companionship
0: uh, Eddie, you got a convention detail?
1: I'm going to say that there is a crowd of people bar hopping. It's called the the Rambles Rambler. Uh. And it is a bar crawl throughout various pubs in the area, uh, attempting uh, to recreate something that was not documented by the video cameras, uh, but through uh, Rambles personal logs, a very specific trip around to specific bars, drinking very specific drinks to see if you can survive longer than Rambles did. Uh uh-huh. And many of them are out after the third stop. And I want to say maybe there's 13 total.
0: And each stop is increasingly incoherent in, in the description. So you're not quite sure if you're hitting the exact place Rambles did. Like you're kind of yes. piecing together like the sign's got a
1: green, I think, bird on it. I'm going to go out on a limb and say one of them that nobody's really deciphered is, is literally just drinking from a town fountain. like whatever's at the center of town is just drinking straight from that but nobody can decipher the notes of the stone basin of the guys just drain down the throat, feel real good but nobody realizes they need to hydrate that early to keep going
0: that's that's Ramble's secret, hydrate early and publicly Mm -hmm.
1: but I, I also want to say that's the thing that Harold is kind of attracted to but his goal is to attempt to go along with it but to completely fake taking any drinks. So he mm-hmm. wants to end the trip sober for the sake of the prestige and seeing the end of the night.
3: Uh, I think there is a like town square or convention square center, you know, where a lot of the like vendors or like the show converge and there's like a lot of seating areas and the very center of it is a huge wool monument. Uh, to, I guess, uh, Brambles and Percy, like just wool statues of them And uh, it's, you know, local artists work on it uh, uh, for a couple months, you know, before the convention starts. And it's just like so much color and it's beautiful. Maybe it's like involves like flowers being put into the wool, too. And just like people are showing off all sorts of different like skills and knitting, crochet patterns and like new dyes and ombres and all that stuff.
2: Mervyn finds uh, his way to the registration for the Bombi con and starts trying to fill out the forms and then Mervyn gets a little nervous and uncomfortable. Pretty sure he he's done this before but he doesn't feel rote. It feels almost like the first time he's ever done it and sort of folds up the entrance form and puts it in her pocket and says I'll I'll be back.
3: Is something wrong? I think talking to you is this uh, very baggy-looking Komodo dragon uh, person that's, like, you know, uh, manning the booth.
2: There's just a couple couple of things that I'm not quite sure of, but I just need a little more time. I know I know that I need to have this in my—can I have a, get a little help?
3: Oh, yeah, I can help you right here if you need it.
1: What kind of person needs help on this symbol form?
3: Oh, Argus. I
1: am done.
3: Thank you, Argus. That was record time yet
1: again. That's right. Record time.
3: If you could please move aside for the other uh, applicants. We don't need you hanging out here on a registration booth like last year.
1: They need to see my victory dance again. I've put a little more work into it.
3: I don't have the physical authority to remove you. I could only ask you gently to leave every couple minutes. It's far moonwalking out the door. Bless the small gods that boy's a handful. Now going back to your questions, uh what did you have trouble with?
2: Well it says here how many bombies are in your herd and I know them all by smell and touch, but I, I never counted them before.
3: Oh that's a common problem. Sometimes the bombies they blend in together and stuff. Good estimate will be fine.
2: Forty? Does that sound like the numbers no most people put down? Oh, I
3: can't disclose what the other contestants put down. It was a rule put in uh after Argus interrogated one of us. Got all the information all the other uh bomb beef. So we played it we made it a public policy not to disclose information about averages or uh the other applicants.
2: And also uh states here uh uh, the competition you want to enter your bombies and uh, shearing.
3: Oh, yes, the shearing competition. Here's a little brochure with the rules and regulations of the shearing competition. You can find that it is industry standard, but a judge will be present just to make sure that you ain't doing any uh, snappy shortcuts or hurting the bombie. Uh, make sure everything's regulation above board.
2: I wouldn't hurt a bombie. It's fast. It's got to be fast.
3: Fast. Yes, it's a timed competition. Uh, we time
2: efficiency. Okay, maybe I have to think about that one. What What about the Bombie uh, Fleece Exhibition Quality Category? How about that one?
3: Oh, that one's real nice and easy. All you do is you walk your Bombie around on the outside of the course and make sure your Bombie's, you know, just so the judge can see its, uh, uh, what do you call it, Gate and uh, how the bomby fur fluffs in the wind to the headwind, and then you bring it up the bomby up to a platform for judges to give it up-close viewing. They might handle the Bombi a little bit, but they're real gentle and they're professionals. It's uh, here in this other brochure that I have. I've got a whole panel of brochures for every event.
2: Well, I guess I'll take all the brochures
3: up Alright, here you go. Here's the bombie agility course. Uh here's the Bombi Dying competition. Here's the Bombi uh uh, fe- uh uh feature uh feature competition. Yep, there's a lot of them.
2: Yeah, every one of these says uh already asked for the name of the bombie." What do, you, what, what do I have to put there?
3: We got to call out a name to say, you know, who your Bombie that you're showing off is.
2: So, just describe the smell?
3: I mean, lots of Bombies are named after their smell. One of the most famous uh, champion winners was uh, Poop stink was uh, best in show. We had to make six stink clacks over the years.
2: Direct this up every time. Uh, how long do I have to to uh uh put these entries forms in place? Got gotcha, to end of
3: day to fill it out. And uh, don't don't be shy. Come to me if you have any more questions. That's what I'm here for.
2: Oh, okay. and what was your name, Miss?
3: Constance Nash. Yeah, nice to meet you. I'm Constance. I've I've been working this show for near twenty years, so I know all the ins and outs.
2: Constance. Oh,
3: Yep, just ask for Constance.
2: Okay, uh.
3: Yep, you ain't the first nervous one there.
2: Don't you worry. Thank you, Marm. I I'll be back in a little
1: bit.
3: Yeah, very, very welcome. Don't be a stranger now. Good luck.
1: Meanwhile, I'm at the third bar, and everyone thinks I'm a lot funnier than I am, and it's going very well for me. (laughs) It's a lot easier to pretend I'm taking those shots. I'm about ready to figure out where that fourth spot was, and I think it might be the fountain, but this is the point where everyone's got their own different ideas where the fourth bar bar is, depending on their uh, interpretation of of Rambles' writing.
0: Are you, like, kind of integrating yourself with a particular group, or are you just sort of following everybody?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking to, like, one of the bigger groups, whichever one is giving me the most laughs at the time. Mm-hmm. And it's it tends to be this one group of uh, a, a, a bunch of uh, frat bros, mm. and they've really taken to my stumbling over myself routine, uh, which is, it, it's a terrible routine, but they think it's hilarious, and I keep doing it.
0: Um Otter, who is uh, particularly into the cups, like he's clearly seeing this as a sprint and not a marathon, so he is just wasted. Kind of comes up behind you, like drapes a, a clawed arm over your shoulders, like, "Hey, buck up, buddy! I've been doing this for a couple years now. I'm pretty sure I got formula down." What's the formula? He kinda like makes it real obvious like stage looking around and holds a, a claw up to his mouth. It's a secret. You stick with me, buddy, and I I will get you to the twelfth to the twelfth bar.
1: Oh, Fredo. The twelfth bar. Well I think we gotta go down to the basement for that and I find some sort of partition or wall where I can do the kind of fake walk down the stairs bit <laughs> because apparently that's been playing very well.
0: Like like leans over the the table.
1: Where did you go? Where did you... I, I went to the to the 14th bar, friend, and I, I think. You can help me get to that twelfth bar. I, I think we can uh we can get along real nice.
0: There he is.
1: there's my new friend. So let, let's you and me talk about that fourth bar. What do you think it is? Uh, fourth oh I, I don't
0: need to think, buddy, I know.
1: I mean you saw me go down those stairs uh, in the middle of nowhere. I I, I think I, I think we got each other's backs here.
0: Okay. Don't tell nobody. And he's saying this very loudly, like, don't tell nobody, it's called the Flying Duckman. Everybody kind of turns and looks and is like, yeah, let's all go to the Flying Duckman.
1: Hold hold back now there. Let's let's let all them leave. What if I told you I got another idea? You got ideas? What if the next place isn't another bar? What? But it's a bar hot. I know, but R- Rambles was smart. He was—he was a guy who traveled, you know. He's—he's he's been around a bit. So what if, what if his next place wasn't a bar at all? What if it was the best place to get the coldest, freshest water you could find on this island? What water? Because it's—it's it's a challenge too. Because you got to stick your face all the way in. It's not just drinking out of a cup like a fancy ah. guy. What if? We had to go to the fountain and dunk our faces in. Are are you ready to do this? And I hold out like a feather, a, my tiny feathered hand, Wait. which I'm used to stretching to pretend to be a giraffe. See the previous episodes? Yeah. Are you ready to do this with me? Are you ready to take the true trip?
0: Wait, the 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 arch the stone. Yeah. That's the fountain.
1: Yeah, under there the fountain. Did you know that? Did you know it was a fountain? His journal entry did say dive in the face first to something cool and refreshing and everyone just assumed that was the the island drink
0: yeah, it served it the fly Yeah, the flying duckman the...
1: It's, it's the flying duck, the duckman duck pond, I know, I've, I've had a couple of them before, and just because you have to dip your face into the bowl to drink it doesn't mean it was Bramble's next drink <sighs> oh let's let's go to that let's go to the fountain my friend
0: okay well first, I have it on good authority that the next place is actually a fountain, so let's go do that first and then we can do your thing
1: Harold pauses for a moment, friend that sounds fantastic let's let's go at it let's go into that fountain and then we'll figure out the next location
0: My name's Gunther
1: Gunther I'm Harold let's Let's get, let's do this. Let's rock and roll. Let's do this, my buddy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This has been Pod of Wonder. You can find us on Twitter at Pod of Wonder. The songs you heard today were Today's Special, Jam Tomorrow, by Dr. Turtle, and Circus Bender, by The Polish Ambassador.